So I studied in Rome for three years and all of my classes were in Italian. Now, I'm not Italian, I don't speak Italian, so you can see there's a little bit of a problem here. And they sent us over for a couple months early to learn the language. You're trying to speak as much as you can, learn the language before school started. And my aunt, who's from France, her, her aunt is actually a sister in Rome. So with that connection, she's like, hey, it'd be great, you can go and speak Italian with her because she doesn't speak English, she speaks French and Italian. I don't speak French either. So the only way we could communicate was in Italian. So I brought her some flowers. I went to see my aunt's aunt, who's a sister in Rome. And we're talking, and we're talking about just a few different things, what it's like to live in Italy, and talking about being away from my family. I'm very close with my family, and I said, you know, I miss my three sisters. She kind of confusedly nodded at me, and like, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm, I like to hang out with them. They're not here. I miss them. Okay, well, family is difficult and whatnot, and I understand. And I was a little confused why she had such an interesting reaction. Well, later that week, I'm with a friend of mine. We're trying to speak Italian. We're like, all right, what do we, what do we miss from the States? Like, I miss Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, a little hot sauce, a little blue cheese. That's what I miss. He looked at me confusedly. He's like, what are you talking about? So I I miss chicken wings. Switched to English. He's like, dude, you're saying you're tired of chicken wings. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what do you mean? And I'd mixed up manca, which is to miss, with stanka, which is tired. So immediately my mind went to that sister uh, conversation I had with the nun. She's sitting there and I'm saying like, I am so tired of my sisters. <laughs> They're the worst. I, I can't stand being around them. I'm just tired of them. So I understood why she had such a confused reaction. But that, that's how it goes with learning a language. You're gonna make mistakes, but when you, you, know, when you find out what you've been saying wrong or whatnot, you fix it. So, Bear with me for a second, I'm gonna make the analogy. Our conscience, the way we form our conscience, is somewhat like learning a language. Our conscience, of course, you think like Tom and Jerry, little red guy on one side, little angel on the other. You hopefully go with the angel, otherwise it's a sin. That's our conscience that we've had a part of our life, our whole lives, it's formed by our understanding of Christ, natural law, what our families teach us. And this understanding is, our conscience is something that guides us each and every day. Our conscience is that voice in our head, you know, kind of pushing us towards the right direction, hopefully, because it's possible to have a poorly formed conscience, and this is something that none of us want to do. So throughout our lives, it is our own job to look at our conscience and say, do I, am I on the right page here? Am I doing the right thing? Because when we look at the gospel story today, there's a man, he's been beat down, he's been left half dead, and here comes two priests, a priest and a Levite, which is another type of priest for the, for the Jews, and they won't have anything to do with them. That in their culture, in order to help them, they would have become, quote unquote, unclean. So they're on their way to Jerusalem to worship, the commentators tell us, so therefore, they wanted to remain clean and go and be able to properly worship. Now we can sit back and recognize, no, that is obviously not the right thing to do in this situation. This man here, who is a Samaritan, who doesn't get along with the Jews, he does the right thing. He goes out and reaches the man that God puts in his life and helps him and in a beautiful way. 2,000 years later, we can still look at this and it's a beautiful story. So what do we then as, you know, 
most of us, adults, but we're growing up, how do we continue to form our conscience? How do we allow ourselves to say, okay, my family, they taught me the faith, they taught me what it's like to know about Christ, to choose Christ, to follow him, my faith has taught me by coming to church here, is my conscience properly formed? For brothers and sisters, if we make a mistake, if we go with the wrong thing, we know that's a sin, and we go to confession, and we continue to try to do better. But it's very dangerous is when our conscience is totally off base, right? And we're thinking we're doing the right thing, but it's in fact wrong. So each of us need to have that childlike nature that Christ is always talking about, that vulnerability to say, okay, I don't know everything. Which aspect of my life is off base a little bit? And when we get to that situation, we got to go with the truth. We got to go with Christ. We got to go with the church teachings that have lasted for thousands of years. So how do we do this? How do we continue to form our conscience? Of course, we can read the catechism. We can understand the basic tenets of the faith. But brothers and sisters, we have to know the person of Christ. If we don't have a relationship with him, how do we know him? Yesterday, I had my Brian Erlacher Mass. What does that mean? It was number 54. I celebrated my 54th Mass. This is my 56th Mass. You know, Ganella, Father Ganella, he had a thousand masses a couple months ago. I'm trying to catch up. I'm saying a lot of masses. I don't know Brian Urlacher. I'm a big Bears fan. Watched him his whole career. Highlights, could tell you how he played, could tell you how he, you know, was one step ahead in the linebacker. I've seen his interviews. I remember when he won the MVP at the NFC Championship, Hall of Fame, the whole thing. I don't actually know Brian Urlacher. If any of you know him and would like to introduce me, I'm all about it. But I don't know Brian Erlacher. Don't let your relationship with Christ be a similar thing. He's a real person. Brothers and sisters, he's in this room. He's in the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. In a few moments, he's going to become a part of our body. He's going to become one with us in a beautifully intimate way. Talk to him. Grow in relationship with him. Those precious moments after communion you know, when you're wondering, when is Father going to finish purifying the vessels? I can't wait to get out into the parking lot and go out of here. Stay with our Lord. Talk to Him. Grow in relationship with Him. He wants to know you. He wants you to experience His love. So that's how we form our conscience. We learn the faith. We are inspired by the people who live their faith out beautifully but you got to know Christ. Each and every day we're trying to come and understand a little bit more of what it means to understand, to follow Christ. Because brothers and sisters, we don't have to look around very far to recognize that a lot of people out there, they've got their priorities pretty messed up. They don't really know who my neighbor is. And while people give their lives to important things in their mind, a lot of it's off base. Who is my neighbor? It's the, it's the people that God puts in your life, right? Our family, the individuals that God has put into your life, whether you like it or not, to help you get to heaven. That's your first neighbor every single day. How can you be a loving family member? Fill in the blank, brother, sister, husband, wife, right? But also the people that we meet. Just like this good Samaritan, he went out of his way. He just happened to be there. It's providence. We don't believe in coincidence. When someone is put into our life, that's the Holy Spirit. Encounter Christ in the people you meet in your life. But then also recognize, in a matter of like Catholic social justice, 
Who should we be taking good care of? There's, there's an order of priority. Who are the helpless? Who are the vulnerable? You know, every year, Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Rockford, we get refugees, most of them Catholic, who are not welcome in their own countries. What are we doing to help them feel a part of our parish community, feel a part of the body of Christ? The unborn. If there was ever someone on the side of the road needing help, the most vulnerable, it's, it's the children in the womb. And they are under attack like we've never seen before. We've got to pray. We've got to band together as one nation under God and recognize every life is worth saving. Immigrant, elderly, homeless, the people in your life, the unborn, brothers and sisters. Ask God for the humility and vulnerability to say, where am I at in my life? How do I need to grow closer to Christ? Who is my neighbor? And when we meet our neighbor, recognize you're meeting Christ. He's, he's asking you to grab his hand. He's asking you to pick up the cross, to say yes to loving him. And that's, that's how we'll get to know him in a whole new way. And brothers and sisters, that's what it's all worth it, right there. Getting to know Christ and just being that good Samaritan. So God bless you. Know I'm praying for you. And if there's anything you need, let me know as we help each other grow on this journey towards sainthood.